When you think of crypto, one thing you, one thing you normally don't think about is banking and how it might integrate with all of that. We're going to dive a little deeper on that today with Vast Bank. My name is Paul Barron. Welcome back to TechPath. Joining me is Brad Scrivener, who is the CEO of Vast Bank. And also joining us today is Steven Tyler, who's the CIO over there. So great to have you guys on the show. Thanks for having us. Excellent. So let's kind of jump into the directive of Vast Bank. For some of our viewers, maybe this is the first time they've heard this story. We've talked about you guys on the show before a little bit about, but you're one of the first banks that has really pulled up to the crypto couch and come in full steam. Brad, let's just jump into it a little bit with you on what was the big decision factor for a regular traditional finance house, what we call traditional finance, uh, to really kind of go into the space of cryptocurrency. Yeah, well, again, thanks for having us on the show. And, you know, for us, that's a multi-layered answer. Uh, you've got to be positioned to be able to make a decision uh, from 2020, right, when Brian Brooks of the OCC uh, stated that that uh, crypto custody was within what a national bank could do, right? So mm -hmm. coming up to that, we were seeing customer preferences changing. We were seeing rapid technological uh, changes, regulatory changes. You see new competitors coming into the space. And so, you know, we're family owned 39 years. The family doesn't want to sell the bank. And so we needed to position ourselves in order to be relevant and to remain relevant as customer preferences continue to change. So we started that process in 2016. We made a decision uh, to uh, implement the SAP banking services platform. And I'm sure Stephen could talk a little bit more about the tech platform right. if you're interested in that. Uh, in 2018, leading up to the decision in 2020 by the OCC, uh, we had already brought on FinTech partners onto our, that SAP platform. So we were positioned there. And then uh, the decision is made to do that, and we decide to pivot and, and allocate some resources towards the crypto space. Uh, then in January, we had that first uh, uh, transaction that took place. A uh, fintech partner called Investor launched uh, in the second quarter uh, with securities, uh, crypto, and banking side by side in a seamless manner. And then we had the direct launch uh, August 25th, the public launch uh, that went that. So, like I said, lots of decisions, lots of milestones along that that uh, uh, path, decision path there. And I think going with this so early in, I mean, when I say early, if you were in the 2017 bull run, many of the followers and viewers of our channel, they've kind of experienced that. Few are all the way back to, say, 2013, essentially when Bitcoin's essence really began. 2016 is a fairly early date for you guys to be jumping into that space. Obviously, you had the foresight to kind of see the writing on the wall. When you look at the scenario between 2016 and today, what is the big differences in the landscape that you're trying to prepare for for the next five years? Yeah, I, I don't know if you're looking to me to answer that one or Stephen, but uh, you know, clearly the DeFi world right is out there that is something i mean if you go all the way back to 2009 2010 which you know steven and i were both aware of what was going on uh, uh back during that time and as you mentioned you know uh some of those those things were being cleared up 
uh, through right. 2013 and even into today, right? So I think there's going to be a lot of questions out there. We have a platform and our position is, is that we want to put the customer interest first. We want to try and remove friction from the process of um, allowing them to be involved if they want to. We think that there is a large group of people out there that are crypto curious uh, that uh, have indicated that they would like to come in, but they would feel more comfortable with a national bank who is highly regulated uh, and, and doing those things. But at the same time, you've got this group of folks, the DeFi folks and the blockchain, you know, in, initially it was designed to democratize things, you know, to put the power in the hands of, of folks to be their own bank. So how we start to bring these worlds together in a way that uh, protects people, in a way that a lot gives people choice. Uh, so sophisticated users can do it how they want to do it. But those that maybe are crypto curious and would prefer to go through it uh, from a bank, you know, we need to be able to have a um, ecosystem that embraces both. Yeah, for sure. Steven, okay, so you're on the, the technology front of this. This is a pretty big challenge when you look at just building an infrastructure because this is not something you just turn on, which is what has been the traditional finance system for the last you know five decades and kind of that right. Band-Aid approach toward how money moves around, whether it's SWIFT or we're looking at more advanced transaction aspects like ACH, et cetera. This really is a whole new infrastructure. How challenging was that for you guys to really start plugging into the blockchain and beginning to really understand what this meant in terms of moving money? Oh, it is it is very technically um, complex. And I think to Brad's point, there's a lot of the different technical components that uh, for a lot of people are either not safe or they're too technically complicated. And part of what we're right. trying to do is, you know, make banking and make crypto uh, surprisingly easy for our customers and being able to bring those services. The other pieces is, is there are a lot of the pieces that are not integrated in any way. There's a lot of limitations on the traditional banking system. So part of the move to SAP as our core was to give us more flexibility, more capability to be able to adapt and grow that core ourselves. So, uh, you know, having a solid technical foundation to be able to build from that was customizable and not locked in the way a lot of the other traditional bank cores are. Uh, where mm -hmm. people are really limited, including us previously. So that, that gave us a foundation then to start adding those features. Uh, there's a lot of additional features that we're doing that we're going to be adding to the platform. And we knew that we needed to have a new technical foundation to build from. So there was a lot of this that was, um, you know, a very stable build platform, but uh, we had to have the level of flexibility for us to be able to customize it to be able to support this type of initiative. I'm kind of curious, uh, this one uh, also for you, Stephen, is if you look at your website real quick, I was just jumping over to crypto, to Vast Bank and, and got into your crypto banking screens here to just kind of take a look. So you've got, of course, a full exchange there on buying and selling digital currencies 24 seven. So much like a Coinbase kind of scenario, um, no transfer delays, interest bearing checking, you're doing a 1% trading fee, which I thought all of those features are very competitive in the ecosystem, are there things that you guys are looking to in terms of partnerships with some of these big exchanges or how are you guys putting together such a comprehensive array of services here? Because this seems like this is right up Coinbase's alley. 
Yeah, we actually want to provide a very robust full feature set of banking capabilities. Um, so in addition to you know crypto capabilities, we want to be able to bridge those worlds and bring them both together in one experience. But we have an institutional grade uh, partnership with Coinbase that allows yep. us to do all of those real-time trading directly with Coinbase to be able to offer those integrated services. We're going to be adding uh, cold vault storage and deposit and withdrawal of crypto and you know a lot of other features that we have in our roadmap. Um, you know our goal is to try to bridge those two gaps and make it fully integrated. So you know if you look at a lot of the features, people uh, a lot of the reason that people struggle with crypto in the early adopter space is because you still have to be able to uh, convert your regular money, you know, your traditional money into crypto. It's, it's a long process of moving, you know, moving funds around. So part of it is being able to have a bank account that has that natively integrated to where it's instant sell, instant, you know, uh, purchase, and it just settles directly in and out of your checking account automatically. Okay, so we've seen some expansion with online banks like Ally and others that are kind of moving in this direction. If, if someone were interested in opening a vast bank account, could they do it from another state like an Ally or are you guys, how, how is that set up with you guys in terms of online banking? Yeah, so we are a national bank and that's one of the, the uh, advantages is we are 50 states all territories and we have uh, customers in all 50 states crypto customers as well uh, that that are are doing those those uh, things so um, we're excited about uh, the 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 scope of it they can go to the app store uh, or google play download vast uh, crypto banking and basically within five minutes you can open an account and and once your funds are good if you wire in funds or you know the ach has has a few hold period uh hold period on it uh, but once you have good funds you can do exactly what you just described directly from your mobile app in a self-service uh, manner so brad uh, to continue on that topic with all these services that you guys are offering around this if you look at you know, the DeFi space and also to some extent, some of the exchanges out there and also some of the yield, you know, programs that are being offered, whether it's a Voyager or a Celsius or some of those. Are you guys looking at doing anything in that space of being able to offer these higher bearing yield accounts for like a USDC or maybe even other types of uh, technology or excuse me, crypto coins themselves? Yeah, certainly. Certainly, we are reviewing those things. So again, I want to—I do want to go back and just emphasize that we're going to do things in a regulatory appropriate manner. Obviously, with the headlines over the last few weeks, some yeah. of those programs have—at uh, least there's questions uh, that the SEC has brought up, and others have brought up about how that does that. We think that there is an opportunity there for a national bank to be able to provide custody services and earnings on those uh, in a regulatorily appropriate manner. So certainly we plan on doing those things. We're investigating it today, uh, but when we announce that, if we announce that, it's gonna be uh, uh, transparent with the regulators and people can be confident that we're right in the center of what we're supposed to be doing. Brad, how does, how does my, I open up, I'm kind of walking through this because this is the traditional question sure. mark that you get with a lot of newbies in cryptocurrency. They open up a Coinbase account, 
maybe they understand there's not necessarily an FDIC type approach toward that where you've got a quarter of a million dollars secured like a typical banking account would be. How are you guys addressing this? If I open up an account with Vast and I put in $100,000 in uh, fiat, I convert that over to Bitcoin immediately. Am I secured through Vast or am I kind of exposed there? What would be my scenario? Yeah, so we have a, Stephen mentioned earlier, we have an institutional relationship with Coinbase, okay? Coinbase does have uh, insurance policies associated uh, with that side of it. So I want to emphasize it's not FDIC, you're correct. Uh, The fiat side would be FDIC insured, as you said. And then on the crypto side, uh, we do have insurance through that institutional relationship with Coinbase. Gotcha. Okay. Steven, all right, let's talk about transfers because you're you're doing things like uh, debit card access to this to where I use a debit card. That's going to be moving money under the traditional, I'm assuming the traditional mechanisms that banks use today. Are you looking at utilizing any of these underlying layer one technologies and blockchain, you know, systems, you know, whether you look at something like XRP, obviously XRP is facing facing down the SEC right now, but they're doing a lot of bank deals outside the United States. If that comes uh, to clean up, hopefully we see it one time, XRP could have a really big play here in the U.S. banking system. How would you guys address something like that in terms of infrastructure? Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good question. And what we're looking to do is to bridge the gap between, I mean, bridge the networks, right? So the fiat right. transactions and the crypto transactions and bring those together. Our intent is to provide a full stack of crypto services. So, you know, the payment integration or the payment network integration on the crypto side is, is definitely something we're looking to do uh, as well. And uh, as Brad said, I think what we're wanting to make sure is the path that we choose uh, to go down that we're um, working directly with the Office of the Innovation at our regular regulatory body to make sure that everything we're doing is, is in alignment with them. But uh, I, I can tell you that we are actively working on those things. We just want to make sure that everything we do is, is in coordination with our regulators and to make it safe and secure for our, uh, sure. for our clients. Stephen, you had a quote in a Forbes article and it was basically referencing the traditional banking system today. And it says, these firms will struggle struggle for relevance as global digital platforms, fintech companies, other non-trads, players gain greater market share yep. using tech and so on. You guys, though, kind of count yourself out of that. You're not going to struggle, or at least that's the, the case here. Why do you think some right. banks are pushing back from that? I think what we're seeing is less that they're pushing back from it and more that they are limited by their technology choices that they mm-hmm. have. So a lot of banks, you know, leverage the technology that's provided to them by their providers. And what we've done is is when we're seeing these new innovations in the technology space, in the banking and the financial services industry, they're happening happening outside the traditional providers. And so what we're looking to do um, in this process is create an innovative technical platform where we're investing um, to add those new services and to integrate them natively. As an example, instead of uh, doing crypto as a bolt-on service that's external to the existing system, we actually have it live integrated. So when we do a transaction, that transaction uh, for your fiat money is stored directly in SAP in in a banking account that's a checking account. 
when you do a crypto transaction, we're actually storing that in SAP in a checking account, but the currency for that is Bitcoin and it's uh, right. that native currency support. We've extended SAP to natively support cryptocurrency directly in the core. And, and that's just something that's, you know, the traditional technologies for our industry uh, are limited in the ability to be able to support that type of a model. Now, Stephen, you would be well, somewhat, go ahead, go ahead, Brad, jump in there. Well, I was just going to add one point there. And I think this, this aligns uh, with what Stephen was saying. You know, we believe we're also the first bank in the U.S. to be open banking system compatible, right? Mm -hmm. And Stephen and his team extended and submitted uh, some of the crypto pieces for open banking. You know, in addition, our platform, we are what's called PSD2 compatible. So those uh, uh, think about uh, Google and Facebook and being able to utilize your credentials, right? We are, we are about removing friction from the customer process. You know, in Europe, you can change accounts between financial institutions, which is extremely customer friendly, right? right? Yeah. It helps to drive down costs, give them choice. We want to compete based upon customer experience, not based upon artificial barriers. So we're ready for those things. The White House, the White, uh, the Treasury Department has put out white papers on this piece. But again, this kind of goes right along with some of the DeFi comments with our technology platform, mm -hmm. with the mindset of our organization. We're trying to keep everything about the customer. We want to compete on experience, and that means customer choice. Yeah, well, I think that is is a great mindset because not all banks have that mindset. So you guys are way out in front in terms of where I think the evolution of the modern day bank is going to be going for sure. That's going to be a, a big one. Back to your this Forbes article, and this I think was from you, Brad. Basically, you were kind of commenting on 60% of people that are interested, you kind of mentioned the, the term there, crypto curious, that has kind of come into this space. You guys are in Oklahoma, so obviously your, your ecosystem is somewhat based there, but you have national customers all over the place. Are you seeing specific areas of the country that have shown more you know, propensity to say, hey, let's, let's jump in, I want to get a find a bank, or I'm looking for those real forward thinking banks that are uh, going to be going into this space? Because you're mentioning, I think you mentioned Wyoming. Did you say you were connected to a uh, Wyoming bank or no? Yeah, so our sister bank, the family owns uh, the uh, Bank of Jackson Hole, which is in Wyoming, okay? Right, uh, located so they're there. very so pro-crypto. top five, yeah, yeah. So we've got a uh, the top five and we've got a real-time reporting system uh, that, that we could pull up and show you. But I believe it, it, when I looked at it, California, um, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, California, and Florida are the uh, top five. I think Georgia was number six in, in terms wow. of the states. And there are certainly uh, areas within each of those um, uh, states uh, and population centers where where we're seeing. But you know, we're four weeks into a direct relaunch uh, with mm -hmm. this. And our marketing teams uh, are, are continuing to evaluate the data and look at those pieces. But we're really, really pleased with the uptake uh, and, and uh, with the uh, breadth of, of people across the United States that are very interested in this topic. I like the approach, because you know, we, we, of course, here on the channel, we talk to CEOs and executives from out, throughout uh, DeFi, throughout the crypto and the project space. 
we get into the blockchain quite a bit and the innovation that we're seeing is pretty dynamic uh, just in just the amount of innovation that's coming at us. Steven, this has to be like one of the hardest things for you because the, I mean, it's like a big floodgate that's coming at the industry and this is like a tidal wave. How, how are you yeah. keeping up with all of that kind of uh, technology innovation? Well, it, it helps to have a great team um, supporting us. We also have very strong partnerships. So we have uh, our partnership with both SAP and some of our consulting partners like EPAM, um, you know, really help us uh, stay up to speed on those. I, I think uh, all of our leadership team, and, and I will make a quick comment that I think one of the reasons that we're as far out as we are is we have a culture of you know being prepared and being passionate about what we do and a lot of this is you know the reason we got involved early is our executive team really has us you know looking forward and trying to be ahead of the curve some of this is coming really fast uh, and we have to be really judicious about where we put our investments uh, in those technology pieces um, but I, I know that we have a very passionate team all the way, not only in our leadership team, but even uh, all through our, our ownership structure are very passionate about this space. Well, kudos to you guys, uh, excellent work. I think as we see more and more traditional banks, this is gonna be a conversation we'll continue to have, especially as the evolution of the services start to shift and consumers start to kind of demand a new focus of how banks are gonna work. So. Great to have both of you on today from Vast Bank. We'll definitely uh, put a link in the show notes for people to jump over and check this out for sure. But thanks for stopping in. Thank hey, you so much, so for, much having for having us. us. You bet. All right, guys. All right, you're listening in maybe over on the podcast right now. The number one place, of course, if you're over on Spotify or iTunes, give us some likes over there. But you got to jump over here to the YouTube channel and, of course, like and subscribe. It's the number one way you're going to get notifications of great content that is really tuning into the technology forefront that is happening in our society. Obviously, blockchain kind of leads the way. Don't forget, we have some big news coming and it's gonna be October 7th is the launch of, and you guys have been asking about this, of, of the Diamond Circle. We're gonna be getting it moving to where you'll be able to jump in as a member. There's gonna be some really cool tools and some amazing benefits to you as a member. So make sure and stay tuned here on TechPath for that. If you have an idea for the show, just drop it in the comments below or you can hit me up on Twitter, at Paul Barron. We'll catch you next time right here on TechPath.